0: Hey there, cool kids. Thank you for hanging out with us. And especially thank you to those of you who are new, helpers, tippers, sponsors, patrons. You can uh, help us out on a monthly basis through the anchor link that you'll see in the podcast description. But you can also still uh, go into protectyournoggin.org and click over to the patron Uh, option the patreon account Uh, but in any case we don't expect everybody to do that but you know over the last few years we've you know torched some bridges so we're so grateful for new friends and for people who've been helping us out and we are thankful for some old friends i want to just make sure i have two retractions before we get started with the day number one um, was pointed out to me by an old pal who uh, uh, very helpfully reminded me that even though Dietrich Bonhoeffer did uh, end up becoming engaged to a woman who he had known when she was 15, they were not underage at the time. That is an important distinction. And secondly, um, it was very interesting because while we were a little bit hard on Matthew Harrison, the president of the LCMS, for the ways that we thought he mishandled some issues in you know the last few years, with respect to the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and the world at large, the global scene and uh, local tragedies, uh, it was good. We were very pleased that between the time we recorded last show and now, when we're here with you, friends, uh, he has called on his church body to excommunicate the white nationalists. And it is my understanding, though I was not able to confirm this, but somebody told me that there was actually somebody who was uh, removed from the congregation when he showed up because he was a famous uh, kind of white nationalist kind of guy. So, well, that's that's really cool. And you know what? When people move in a direction that you think is the right direction, you should applaud it, and we're very grateful. It's not really a retraction, but it's just something that is, a, I think, a very positive direction, uh, this does not mean I'm going back to a conservative Lutheran Church any anytime soon but it really does make me happy that my friends back in that scene especially those who are working with this group called Lutheran's for racial justice are bold enough to take some heat uh, people are calling them antifa and all this whatever that means in their context uh, but it's really great to see people starting to really embolden their voices in a context that sometimes uh, that can be kind of scary. So uh, really, really proud of those kids. Uh, we say they're kids just because we love everybody. It's a youthful, playful thing. And you know what? That's why we called you kids, friends, however old you are. It's not too late to learn something new. We might do it. That is learn something new. As we're chatting together on this show, as you listen in, thanks for being here. Today's show is all about this question of Understanding a system or an ideology, a political theory, or a religious community based on what it produces in the way of people. That is, we're comparing Jesus' concept that, uh, that he says, uh, wisdom is justified by her children, or wisdom is proved by her children or followers. And we're going to compare that with some stuff that we think is similar and pretty groovy in the Tao Te Ching. We're so glad you're with us. Let's go. Great right, right. All, All, right, All <laughs> Stacy, I was wearing flip. To me. I don't know. Stacy <laughs>
1: Siri's right though it's all a mystery.
0: Yes, uh, well we sometimes it's a when I call out to Stacy, Siri responds, <laughs> and that is that is very strange. And also, one of my nicknames for you has always been Shishi.
1: Yes, this is true. So,
0: so sure I no, and see, that happens, <laughs> I I I I broke it. I I smashed the face of this thing, and I said, Have well I'll just fix it. And then I. I looked online to see how much it would cost to fix it, and it was four hundred ninety nine dollars. And I, I, I didn't one. pay that for the thing originally. It was part of a, a benefits plan that was very nice. You had to earn points for being healthy, and you'd get you you'd get yourself a watch that encourages you when you've been walking, <laughs> you know. Or sometimes when I'm panicking, panicking, it says, "Hey, hey, take a breath right now," you know. That's that's really nice. But I dropped it because I thought it's so uncool to wear it into yoga. That's not cool. I I'm, I'm trying to live in the now in yoga.
1: You don't need it constantly reminding you or telling you about your heart rate or Well, the heart
0: rate's funny. you know what was really getting me is I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm doing the 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 warrior 1 mm-hmm. and I look up on my left hand wrist there and and there's somebody kind of coming up to the gate, you know. Oh. So I can see the the ring yeah, notifications. The ring, yeah. That's no good. So I said I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to put this thing in the the locker Mm -hmm. and then i opened the locker when i was done i was feeling groovy i had been a little depressed a little bit anxious then i was feeling great and then the thing you know fell flat just like you know toast with butter (laughs) and i said but there's no way they would build this thing to shatter like that and it totally shattered but friends here's how i fixed it there is no ethical consumption within uh, capitalism and uh, I, I don't feel great about owning this thing I'm about to tell you about. But I uh, did pick it up when I was in Central America at one point, And it is so groovy. I hid it away because I didn't want to put it on my body. It is I don't know exactly the deal behind this thing. But it is, you know, it seems like some some German people around the time when people were running away from... I think from... it's supposed to
1: be like a nail hardener, right? It's a
0: nail hardener. mm mm-hmm that is created as far as I understand it. Now, by the way, this could be all false, but my Venezuelan friends told me about this. But it has this kind of, you know, German eagle on it. And the rumor is that they might have been, you know, part of the scene Hmm. back in the, you know what I'm saying? The scene, the Nazis. I don't know that to be true, but I call it my Nazi nail hardener that I I don't want to use. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it's, yeah, I don't like it. So like thinking about this other stuff, right? Like I just, I have this problem where people that still want to listen to, 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 like Michael Jackson, I can't listen to Michael Jackson. I can't, like, I can't do it. You mm-hmm. know, and there's other people who say, no, you can separate the artists from their lives. I have a very hard time doing this. You know what I'm saying? I just, I can't, I can't do it, right? But in this particular case, it totally fixed my capitalist watch. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying at all? It, so you got to use the magic within the system anyway. Um, now it looks horrible
1: by fixed. Yeah. You mean it just offers a clear coating on it's top not of all of the cracks it's so that probably it water, won't continue yeah. to like crack. And
0: yeah, it looks disgusting, but it looks also like it was like <laughs> made for like, like a tank armor or something, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like, uh, guilty already for having this, this bougie watch in some ways as I'm walking around, you know, Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like some people are having a hard time just making ends meet, and you are like walking around with this like computer on your arm. That's I don't know, but I, I like. I am not trying to. It, it's it's great. I love the love the watch. I kind of like it better though now that it's shattered <laughs> and covered with
1: this nail questionably hardener.
0: ethical nail hardener.
1: Clear nail polish has come in handy. Um, in yeah, I past. suppose you could
0: just use regular like semi ethical nail polish that was made by good, you know, Americans, not Nazis, but maybe still like experimented. You know, upon uh,
1: who knows you'd have to look bunnies. Yeah, the ethics of it, but um, but I would say that downer today, friends. (laughs) The clear nail polish was a a lifesaver for me when uh when Augie was little because he um had that metal allergy.
0: Oh yeah, and so I
1: would have to put it on the back of his like buttons, um, anything that was metal that was like around like his waist or whatever, and I would um do that and like every couple of washings or whatever, I would put that on there, and it provided like a protection a layer you know layer of protection between him and the metal uh so that he wouldn't have little outbreaks on his stomach and stuff but anyway so yeah so i'm so i
0: think that's the moral of the story now that i now that i kind of know what i've you know i don't know for sure but i think it's just to be safe i'll get something that i can research that's a a nice just basic nail (laughs) polish from cvs but it is it is a way to fix it cuz it doesn't have to look good it does but that's not the point. The point was that same day I was wearing flip-flops to walk to the local yoga place. And friends, what's great is if you don't if you never tried yoga before, you can go try for often a very good discount for a month or something, you know, you get the first month for a discounted price. That's usually all we can do, but it feels great and then you <laughs> kind of get into it and you know the you know the the joy of it uh it great great place, but after the introductory month, I'm no way gonna be able to figure that out and you feel guilty a little bit when you're when you're doing the yoga that you could easily do with your wife who who can you know just tell me to bend o- bend over <laughs> I can't touch my toes I was like like I don't need somebody else that came out wrong but the point you you get my point right <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's like I mean i i, I you, if you just say, hey Jeff, go ahead and like you know go get get in the child's pose right there and I'm like, all right but i need somebody to tell me to do it right
1: yeah i mean you do have to sit down and do the actual like you know the whole process rather than just like oh do this pose i mean you no, could i'm just saying you, you could, could tell me all do... the poses
0: you could sit there right. you could have a cocktail and you could just you know you could say hey warrior 1 there kid you know and then i could do it but i'm not gonna right but i should and i should do it to a youtube video can't do that you just got to go in there with all the people and they're all like you know groaning in pain as they're doing the the half the half pigeon. We were way off track. I was wearing flip-flops, Stacy. But then for the last few days, we had two, count them, two school snow days here in Portland.
1: Pretty crazy. We ended up getting 11 inches of snow, I heard. Like Yes. On the, it was, what, From Wednesday into, you know, Wednesday night. Um. So yeah, everything kind of was shut down on Thursday because... We hadn't seen, like, that much snow, I guess, in a long time. I guess it was a record, I think, for Portland, at least for that time of year. Um,
0: We spent a month last year in the mountains, thanks to the Keith family. They they let us use their cabin up there. It was very helpful for us. Snowed pretty much, you know, almost up to that point. That's Big Bear, Colorado. We used to live... California. 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 We used to live in Colorado. We used to live in Evergreen, Colorado. So we got a lot of snow.
1: We had a lot of snow. This of but days. it was
0: easy. I mean, I used to when it would snow, I'd, I'd take my little Toyota Corolla down the mountain. I don't know, I wouldn't do that now.
1: No, they also had the they had snow plows and Constantly. stuff that came through. So you know, buses we only and have nothing five. stopped.
0: One of them, one of them broke down, so we had four in the city of Portland. So it was, it was pretty snowy. Yeah. And yeah. it's still kind of wet out there. So now I'm wearing now I'm wearing snowboard shoes. Well, I think what you were saying
1: though is on the day that you walked with flip flops to yoga that later that evening as you're coming out it starts snowing as you're walking back
0: and then today i'm just like hiding under a blanket breathing on myself until the uh the wood burning stove is going to start kicking in so that's that's been the game here in portland but again since we since we've checked in with you last there there were a lot of developments in the lcms and that's pretty cool I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very happy about that, that I, I think here's the thing, no matter, no matter whether we agree with you or not in your little community, whether you're, you're, you're into ping pong or not, whether you're into uh, a T.S. Eliot or you don't like T.S. Eliot, regardless, can we all just be down on, down on the Nazis, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, it makes me really happy when the Republicans say, hey, we have like some standards here. You can't be a total fraud. I like I like when I hear people say that it, it feels you know feels good. So, yet it reminded us, and this is kind of where we're coming to you today, friends, is that because you've you've got, I think we got into trouble as human beings in the twentieth century and twenty first century by asking the question, which of these political parties do I agree with theoretically, or which of these confessions of faith do I agree with theoretically, which makes the most intellectual sense, but we never. Really learned after the enlightenment to give your gut a go. You know, like what I mean is some stuff might have a really good sales pitch Mm. and they're very clever at the arguments, but you just think, I just feel like I'm getting bamboozled. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all of the things on Craigslist as I'm looking for, you know, jobs as for part-time work at night. You know, it's like, do you, do you want to be free? (laughs) yeah it's great but they have no information about what the job is yeah that's a bad sign just like in hong kong what's the only place you don't want to go to in hong kong stacy
1: well definitely Yeah, when you see that basically a place is empty and the person there's a person outside trying to lure you in with you know usually um some sort of like maybe a special or some sort of deal or whatever i would say that goes for Anywhere that we're traveling, um, I've seen that a lot in Florida too. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, Miami, probably, probably we got any, burned
0: in Miami so many times on that.
1: And any place that there basically is like a spot where there might be some tourism or something, just beware if the place is empty. I don't know, maybe just maybe. You know, maybe pass on that one. Oh. Um, not that you have to go where everybody's going, but sometimes I the would... place has
0: everybody is also kind of crummy. You want to yeah. you want to find that sweet spot.
1: Well, and of course, with things like Yelp and stuff, it's pretty easy to like look at reviews and sort of see and um, determine what's worth it or not. But definitely, if you see that it's empty, somebody's trying to entice you to come in. Uh, definitely check out reviews before you uh, go ahead and...
0: Well, I guess, on. and I think that's the, the the key, though, for me, is it's it doesn't even matter whether it's empty as much as whether somebody's begging me to come in. Yeah. Because the places that have always been winners, they're kind of saying, hey... You
1: they don't know, have to. We they don't need have this to, long of
0: a line.
1: They don't have to send somebody outside to lure people no. in.
0: But it goes for religious stuff, too. When people are trying to hustle to get you into the scene... That's a red flag, so the same the same thing goes for religions, philosophies, political ideologies the way the way this worked for Jesus was uh, in in Luke seven, he's kind of he's kind of pointing out to his enemies that when John the Baptist came along and was saying, "Hey, let's be ascetic, you know, let's Let's purify ourselves and and live in the desert and be really hardcore, you know, about our spirituality. People said, ah, he's a crazy man. And then Jesus comes along and says, okay, no, we can be pure in our spirituality, but we can eat and drink and we can like have fun too. And they said, no, 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 you're a wine biber and a glutton. So Jesus then says, um, these people are like, Children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other, we played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not cry. You know, that is Jesus is saying, hey, look, this is love and joy. Want to, want to talk about love and joy? And they said, no. <laughs> and he said, uh, well, let's like, hang, John the Baptist says, well, let's hang our heads low and, and throw sackcloth on and put ashes on our heads and let's sing a dirge. But people say, no, that's too depressing. Mm. They're not happy with either of them. So he says, this is verse 33 of chapter seven. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by all her children. Or as it's in the King James Version, wisdom is justified by her children. Hmm. So how do you, like in philosophy, you're, you're looking for justified belief, justified true belief. What's true, right? And when it comes to a philosophy or this idea of wisdom, we sometimes, I think in Protestant circles, especially in America, post enlightenment, especially, although there's always the emotionalism at some other places, but we get into this, we kind of get into this cognitive doctrinal question too often. And we fail to see the suffering human beings in the wake mm-hmm. of something that may or may not have a good concept behind it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like what's really going on? so if we're talking about this idea, let's just say in the political world, we're talking about this idea of competition, but compassion, whatever this is kind of as, as your political ideology. If the, if the end result is people just depressed all the time. Right. And beat up. And drunk, and hypertension, and all that—the system's sick.
1: That's what that leads to, yeah.
0: And friends, I'm going to ask Stacy, how do you think the system's feeling right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. Um, At least from everything I see, things aren't looking so great. You know, obviously um, we had a pandemic not that long ago. We have crazy weather that's all over the place. balloons
0: (laughs) getting shot out of the sky.
1: Yeah, I think um,
0: Putin's like trying to start World War III and we're, you know, as I said elsewhere, we're kind of okay with it. We're just too tired to care that he's trying to start World War III and it almost feels like the rest of the world's like, can you handle this? You know, it's like Zelensky is when you go help the cat. The cat's meowing Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, I don't want to get up right now. I'm too tired. And then you take care of the cat. That's what the rest of the world is doing with Zelensky. (laughs) Like, oh, no, Putin again? We got another dictator trying to rule the world. Uh, Haven't we tried this before?
1: Yeah. Mm. The stuff that's going on with insurance companies is crazy. Like, there's so many people that... What's going on with insurance companies? Besides
0: stealing our information from online apps, psychology apps, um, allegedly. I would
1: say, especially since COVID, but it just seems like um, the insurance companies are basically they're you know making co-pays or co-insurance and things like that more expensive or at least what you have to pay monthly it keeps adding up that gets more and more expensive uh there's a lot of people that come to you know my work at the wellness center wanting to use their alternative you know care benefits for you know chiropractic acupuncture mm-hmm. massage and stuff but mm-hmm. um but the insurance just keep uh, you know, negotiating, like they keep changing and, you know, making again the, the patient's portion higher mm-hmm. um, and what they want to negotiate for the providers to reimburse them or to pay them when the benefits are used, they keep wanting to pay less and less. And so
0: healthcare is sad.
1: It's to the point where so many people are coming are like, I'm just trying to take care of myself and I, I'm finding it harder and harder to afford it. you know. They know that they need some of this care. Their bodies hurt, and sometimes people need to be able, depending on you know what industry you're in, especially if you're in the service industry, you need to keep moving. You need to keep your body healthy so that you can continue to work, and people are finding it harder and harder to afford some of this care that they need just to be able to continue yes. to work.
0: It, to work. And then when they're working, it's like... Minimum wage is not cutting it. Yeah, it's rarely cut it, but it's it's like even I'm looking at all these jobs online. They're they're um, they're not even capable of supporting people in this town.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean I I don't know what town that doesn't have that, but it just seems odd to me that that it's not like there's all these great jobs out there. You just got to try really hard.
1: Well, and also inflation obviously hasn't <laughs> helped anything, right? So that the cost of food is going up. You know, the cost of everything.
0: Cost of we're not trying to bum you out, yeah. friends. What we're trying to say is
1: anyway, the system. It, there's not a whole lot of people. Not there's not a lot of people that I, I'm at least in any of the circles that I'm traveling in that are be like, yes, everything is going w- great for me. I'm finding it easy to pay the bills. Uh, I don't see I don't see a whole lot of homelessness all around me. I don't know? see a lot
0: of dudes high fiving each other because they just got sedus. Now we're not in sedu territory and it's winter. But you know what I'm saying? There was a time Yeah,
1: there was a time I think especially what eighties, <laughs> nineties that people had <laughs> hey, what's real, up? You know? more disposable income and
0: but also a weird kind of optimism with the fall of the Soviet Union or something. It's just people just seem tired. No, we, France, we're in Portland. <laughs> it's like, I yeah. don't know. Maybe everyone's just high-fiving each other all the time in Ladera Ranch, California. But
1: Well, I know for a fact when we were in California, though, people were struggling to yeah. find, you know, a way to afford to, to keep up with the housing there in California. Yes. Um, with, you know, pay that would allow them to stay. And it's like, if you bought a house earlier on, then you're fine because housing prices went up, you probably have a decent interest rate and you can probably make your house payment no problem. If you're mm. coming later in the game, you're paying over, you know, definitely over a million dollars for a house for most places. <laughs> um, you know, and...
0: And then you finally get to afford it and then it drops down to 800000 and you lose your job. So, <laughs> oh, whatever,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, what I'm saying because I'm thinking
0: about the market now, right? Yeah. Like in San Diego or something like...
1: And the interest rates are a little higher right now. Anyway, it's just... it's It's... I think we're what we are what we have seen is definitely um, a huge decline in the um, the middle class, right? Yeah, It's just crazy. It's right. So yeah, we see a system that doesn't look like things are super healthy right now.
0: But friends, we have survived greater challenges before there was the there was the ice age. I think there was some pterodactyls that tried to eat us that survived the ice age. I'm kind of kidding. I think that was from a movie. My point is this. <laughs> My point is this. There was the Vikings.
1: But aren't movies all true?
0: There was the Vikings. <laughs> the point is there's all these things that, that we have we have had to face and adapt to, right? You know, the rise of the steam engine, you know, we, we do these things. But you know, when we don't do it with concern for one another, when we don't do it with a concern for what we call mutual aid, and when spiritual people don't do it, in the name of the unity of all, and love for all sentient beings, then we find ourselves into some tricky situations. But this is why I have a little bit of optimism, a little bit of hope rather. I don't know what optimism means. But here's a little bit of hope, which is there have been times when the whole world shifted when there were these kind of challenges to their dominant worldview. It seems like this happened in what's called the Axial Age. This period of time when religions around the world seem to spontaneously shift from being about trying to do some kind of sacrifice to plead with the the heavens to help you have a a kind of magic. It could be like the the crops, you know, or whatever, fertility. Um, But it shifts this idea of the Axial Age. You see it with the Taoists. You see it with the later Hebrew prophets where they say, you know what, the sacrifice is not important anymore it's your heart mm. get your hearts right mm-hmm. get spiritual get you know so you get the you get the buddha you know you get lao tzu you get all this stuff going on and um and in many ways i think even though jesus comes a lot later than what's what's known as the axial age that kind of fits with the same vibe and what i think happens is if you look back to those periods of time in the case of lao tzu it was the warring states in the case of jesus it is utter oppression from the Roman tax system that's really crushing the poor people in, in Israel. And then, of course, the Romans come and just destroy the whole place in, in 70 after they try to rise up against it. I mean, these are not pleasant times. And, uh, and so we've faced this before. I don't think we've ever faced the problem of having our own, you know, pooping in our own fish tank. Mm. the ec- ecological degradation that we've that we've seen to jump into but even there like i don't know let's face it let's do what we got to do it seems that human beings need to be you know kind of spanked a little bit by the universe for them to change yeah people don't want to people want, don't want to do anything different the only hope i have is that since enough people are seeing that they don't believe in the capitalist dream the same way they used to, that maybe another world is possible for the next generations. And not in a way that the 20th century screwed it up with the with the statists on the right and left, you know?
1: Right, and I think it's just important to recognize when something isn't going well or the things about it that aren't going well. And I think the hard part, I would say that, um, I it's like from a very young age, I even remember, you know, even my parents and stuff, like, knowing, like, things things weren't going great, you know? Um, but it's, I think it's where people don't... The system... The problems with the system seem so big that people don't know or uh, how to change or don't know that change is even possible. It just feels right. way too big. It because feels way too... Um, and it's, like... Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Even when other people have come... What? We've had... Um, We've had other presidential candidates that tried to go outside of the the basically the two party system.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that Ross Perot has, hasn't gone,
1: you know, <laughs> uh, Bernie, right? Wasn't he? No, he was still part of the yeah, Democrats. but he was an
0: outsider.
1: But anyway, they any- do
0: want to kind of keep you in the lane, kind of like Autopia at Disneyland, where you can go a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, but you're only going to stay on the Autopia trail.
1: Right, and and so. It's like a, our system is structured in such a way that unless you're, you know, one of these, part of one of these two big parties, it's just, you're not going to get the numbers that you need to, to, to get the vote, to get and the And those presidency. parties
0: can't really have successful candidates if those top candidates don't play the game yeah. of the big businesses. So. That's where we are.
1: That's where that is, you know, and until. I don't know, until we think of something being different, until we actually start doing something different, and maybe even in small ways in our own lives, you know, doing something. That's the only thing we, I mean, that's all you, that's all you can do. Yes. Because otherwise, you're only going to be stuck in this one thing, this one way.
0: Yes. I want to skip past uh, the, the the Bible, the New Testament. Okay. The Christian Bible. But I can't because as I uh, put my mind back into that world, I realize that, you know, then Jesus gets killed. Yeah. And his brother James carries on the tradition. And James never says, What you've got to do is believe in my brother's name so that you don't go to hell. You see, before whatever became Christianity became Christianity, the people that were hanging out with Jesus probably it turns out I agreed a lot with what James says in the book of James. And it sounds very different from what Paul talks about. And it's just such a different worldview that if you read it, if you read the book of James from the perspective of Galatians and Romans, James sounds like James doesn't want you to go to heaven. Mm. But James is kind of concerned about people's religion, not having an ethical, power and it's not like so we we heard growing up is james is dangerously close to saying if you don't do good things then you don't have faith and if you don't have faith you're going to hell he never says that because he's not thinking that faith is what it sends you to heaven
1: right and but what is there something that you've been exposed to or experienced that is life-changing and that it changes who you are and how you want to live and act in this world on your time here yes. and this on this earth. If there's if there's not that thing that changes something within you, uh, if if you were you know what I mean, if you're in a, a darker spot, say you're not um, mm-hmm. like you haven't really like felt what it is to be unconditionally loved, right? And you don't yeah. know what it is to give that unconditional love to mm-hmm. other people the way that you communicate with other people, the way you act in this whole universe is going to be different. It's going to look different. And how it how it all portrays itself, how it all pans out. Like, you know, you look at something like, hey, well, if that's what it means, if, you know, those people like where you're like, I don't want to be a part of that family, <laughs> you know, like with those parents or, you know, whatever it is, like you're, it's like that, that just sounds terrible. You might have a, very, very obedient, like kids and everything, but it looks like nobody's having fun. Nobody, it's like they're just all under the threat of punishment.
0: Mm-hmm. They're
1: all behaving. Well, that doesn't look like That doesn't look like the answer to me too. That's not wisdom.
0: (laughs) Because this is the whole point with Jesus. It's not wisdom. So if you're asking, are you going to hell? You're asking the wrong question. If you're asking Jesus's type of question, he's asking, if you're looking at different philosophies of life and ways of being in the world, which one is the producer of beauty and goodness and truth? Right. And which one isn't? Right. So then you go, then you go to this very good question. I think all of us. We said last week that we ghosted church. We ghosted the Lutheran church in particular because of some things that Luther taught us about conscience and going with your understanding of what the Bible means and what reason means. So we left the Lutheran church because of things that Luther believed. We also think that in our own lives, we have left institutional Christianity, institutional religion generally because of the teachings of Jesus on what it means to actually be the temple of the spirit as opposed to uh, going into a temple. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's how I read that. Yeah. So I would think that stopping going to church for Jesus sake, leaving Lutheranism for Luther's sake in a way Mm -hmm. is not surprising because this happens, I think a lot in, in, religious context you might find yourself in a place that's keeping you from enlightenment and so you might leave your buddhist temple for buddha's sake it probably happens when people realize what it's what it's all about but now going to this this is kind of what is an internal conversation for the first jesus people in jerusalem in the first century here is uh, james uh James, the book of James, James 2, this is a section that I didn't highlight. I raced over very fast because I couldn't deal with it. But now as I read back over it, it's pretty amazing. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deed? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So your faith is dead. Your spirituality is dead. But now if we skip over to chapter 3, there's an interesting passage that goes on with this concept of wisdom. Again, I I never really had caught it until we're looking at this topic today. Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. I want to say, I don't think that that submissive word should be taken to meaning kind of this concept of submitting to your husbands and whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's yin. It's saying like, I'm, I'm not going to be all Yang in the scene. I'm not going to be trying to dominate people, but it's peace loving, considerate, uh, impartial, and sincere. These are all words mm-hmm. that this all words we love, and peacemakers who sow in peace. That's the game. So the point is, if you think that your religion that brings about angry people that are always bitter. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of these people in America, and they have crosses on their body somewhere mm-hmm. or on their car. If your religion is producing a ton of negativity in your own life, if you're just always walking around, you're pissed off. That's a different religion from James. Yeah. That's all. Maybe you should do that thing, throw Jimmy out of the out out into the fire. Get rid of James if you want, but don't say it's like you believe it. Mona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In your inerrant Bible, right?
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because with any religious community, you can look and check out their, you know, mission statements, their purpose statements. Then you can go and also look at their budget. And like where do they put, you know, where do they put their money, where do they put their time, effort, resources? And sometimes you'll see a disparity there. Mm. Um and so if if their paper says one thing, but then the actions of everything, that's not just about the money, but it's also, yeah, where do they spend their time? I mentioned that, you know, where where are where are the efforts? And, you know, do they care at all about the community? Do they care about anybody that's new that shows up? Do they, you know, where, where is this energy, um, all that stuff, where is it being spent? and that also will show what their true values are and what sort of god they worship right that's like that's how you, it's the fruit it's it's the fruit it's where it's where everything goes yeah that, and that's the true thing you could say your mission statement or your purpose statement can say whatever it is, whatever you whatever it wants right um, but it may not be the reality of what's happening
0: there's also a lot of these nonprofits sometimes that they have this statement of what they're about. Mm-hmm. And you also aren't sure what the concrete product is.
1: Right.
0: You know, like, right. like I'm giving money to this thing because I believe in that concept as opposed to actually helping people. I mean, this is the problem with, there's a lot of problems with charity as a concept. Because mm-hmm. it allows people to play funky with their money.
1: Well, and then you also look at how much how much of the donations that you give goes to support the administration versus actual, like, real benefit to, to whoever it claims that it's supposed to help and support. Yes. You know, that's another big one.
0: So, that's enough with the, uh, the kind of the, the Jesus and his brother James side of things. But just in case you're wondering, what does that mean? Wisdom is justified by her children. It's basically saying the proof is... In the pudding, but that's not actually how it was originally said. It's not the proof is in the pudding. It's the proof of the pudding is in the tasting. So the proof of the pudding, is it a good pudding or a bad pudding? It's in the tasting. And therefore, you friends, every time you run into somebody who's hustling you some ideas when you're hearing us say things, you taste and see. Is that nasty? Is that tasty? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can you can use that that perception. You can use your own judgment to make good decisions for yourself. Things that are going to be healthy uh, in your spiritual and emotional life usually are going to taste better. Now, sometimes they're going to be hard, but you know, just like when I got back from yoga, I would always feel good. When, a lot of times when I would get back from other things, I'd feel sad. Get rid of the stuff that makes you sad. But Stacy, you were you were finding some of these similar themes in the Dao De Jing, this is from our rendering.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of chapters in the Dao De Jing that, um, you know, kind of came to mind when we were thinking about this as a topic. Uh, I'm actually going to start with chapter 54, because I think it hits a little bit more on what we've already kind of been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so chapter 54, Whatever's deeply planted won't get uprooted. Whatever's kept close won't be stolen. That's what your descendants will commemorate long after you're gone. Foster the way in yourself, and duh, will be genuine. Foster the way in the family, and duh, will thrive. Foster the way in the community, and duh, will be enduring. Foster the way in the country, and duh, will flourish. Foster the way all over the world, and duh, will be ubiquitous. So look at your actions to behold who you are. Look at the family's dynamics to behold that family. Look at a community's ethos to behold that community. Look at a country's structures to behold that country. Look at a world's systems to behold what that world is truly about. How do I understand this cosmic reality? Like this. There we go. Yeah, that one basically, uh, you know, we did spend a lot of time, um, kind of, trying to understand all the different like pieces, especially the part about, you know, um, like look at yourself to like know who you are. Yeah. Uh, there's different ways that people have translated that particular section, but I that's the only that's the only thing we we can do, and it starts with you first, right? <laughs> that you look at what are the fruits of of me and my actions yeah. you know are people around me like like you know do they seem to be more stressed out <laughs> or are they more relaxed when you yeah. come in i mean not that you can you be in control of everybody else's actions but like um you know when you look at your own life and like what where have you spent your time effort and energy your money you know all that stuff like what has been the fruit of those things uh, yeah. and And again, it starts with you and you first. And then when you can like start something beautiful, then it can grow from past you to all the people that you spend intimate time with, right? Your family, your close ones, your loved ones. Um, From that into any other of the communities, you know, and it gets bigger and bigger as more and more, um, you know, you, you, you see the circle widens. But what is at the epicenter there? And then- how is that, you know, how is it growing? How is it, you know, how is it coming out of that epicenter? And is it positive? Is it negative? Is it joyful? Is it loving? You know, is it angry? Is it hurt? You know, is it a lot of hurt and pain? You know, not that, and I think that, um, you know, you just first of all, just being real with yourself uh, and One of the things that I think we get a little too caught up in sometimes is uh, when we are looking at anything, honestly, especially our families or whatever, is uh, just the fact that if we first just take fault out, don't think about who's to blame or what's going on. Just look at something, just look at the reality of it without Mm. trying to contribute any kind of blame or fault at first, just see it.
0: That's very important. Like on the question, have I been a good dad? You could say, these are all the things I believe in. But then you say, well, as we've said before, you are who you've been. Yeah, That is who you are. Like that's your identity. Yeah. But you don't have to be. But you've, you're you never going to get to be a better dad or whatever until you recognize when you haven't been. Right. When you put your resources and invested them somewhere else besides yeah. your kids, you you know, you're not going to do yourself any favor going forward if you don't recognize that.
1: And the other thing too, is if, if you can look at the reality of something, um, and again, without, you know, thinking about fault, but just looking at it honestly. And then when you can see where things have broken down or, you know, where, you know, maybe you can, you know, realize, Hey, yeah, I haven't handled this, you know, the best that I can, or I want something. I want it to look different going forward. I, I, I know in my own life, uh, my own personal experience, that, and I've heard this with other people as well, that usually your kids will often be pretty cool if you circle back, and then even if you've been kind of terrible. I mean, it depends too. I, I, mean, I can't speak for anybody, and some, some, some relationships are. Just irreparable, and, and
0: you've got to let people. And they were toxic
1: enough that that you know there has to be a separation. But I will say that if you would all care about a particular relationship, and right now things aren't going so well, uh, it will be a, There's a chance, um, and and kids are often a lot more resilient. If you are able to then apologize, admit where you went wrong, mm. but also it's not just like apologizing because it's like just. Start being, like yeah. being the way that you want yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah, that's a
0: good point. Sometimes we then we're just going to use a bunch of words yeah. and you say, I don't want to be that. That's great. It's
1: not empty promises.
0: Just it, be different.
1: <laughs> be different. Yeah, that's good. And you can even say, I've really done, you know, I've done you this harm or whatever and just start doing it differently. Um, and that will mean, a, that will go a great length. And it might be your only chance sometimes to repair certain relationships.
0: And here's the only chance, too, for the relationship that we all have with our country. That is, if we say, you know, this seemed like a good idea, but it wasn't working. And that was the thing that was very helpful about the Soviet Union. Sounds like a good plan. Authoritarianism doesn't work on the left or the right. So they said, let's not do this. Right. So we can do the same thing. Just like the the Soviet kids could say you know we'd like to have a little bit of Bruce Springsteen thank you you know like we can be different people but it's hard because at this moment when it's kind of like everybody's gonna get reshuffled there's some people wanting to move to Idaho Mm -hmm. you know and there's some people in eastern Oregon that want to split off from Oregon and become Idaho and have you know that kind of paradise so it's you know it's it's interesting and it's scary when we say, well, another world is possible. What does that look like? Sometimes part of it is if you don't have a centralized state, you will have some places where you're not going to want to visit as much anymore. Yeah but, um, but but when we say another world's possible, that is the only way that we can start thinking about healing. Because the thing that keeps getting us is this idea that another world is impossible. That that's just how it is, kids. This is what always everybody tells us about abusive stories. You know, they'll say, oh, yeah, 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 but that's true everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's not necessarily true in hunter gatherer society. It's true in capitalism. So you can get abusive relationships at Walmart or the church, but it's all under the same sick hierarchical system. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to read a little bit of uh, the next chapter in the Tao Te Ching, chapter 52. Uh, it's not adding a whole lot new, but just one other thing that kind of really rung, you know, like, oh, yeah, this one made me think of it when I was thinking about the topic. Chapter 52, the world has a source. Let's call it the mother of everything. Once we recognize the mother, we come to understand her children. Understand this and you can keep close to the mother's ways and you will no longer live in fear of death. So that one is a little interesting because it's like kind of where you go, you go to that source, you know, and then you can see and understand the children. Mm. And I would say that I think where this is super important, especially in religious communities is what is the source? What is the, who is the God that they worship? What do they believe? around this God and the way that this God behaves Mm. right then you can understand why the children are acting the way that they are
0: oh say more this is interesting
1: well if if what they're taught is to basically be in fear of their eternal salvation and they're living in constant fear well then you're going to see that you know like okay so then how do they then um you know what do they say based upon that fear you know they will probably have you know to, like maybe rely less on you know the actions thing just so that mm. you know they they can feel that there's some kind of security for their eternal life right right uh, so that could be maybe show a up source. to
0: thanksgiving
1: show up yeah show up to church on sunday <laughs> show up, sunday. up to sing-
0: thanksgiving to be part of the family <laughs> show up to to church to make sure you're part of god's family
1: do you know like do in, all in the heart, rituals in your heart you could secretly everything. be
0: afraid all the time
1: you can click off all the boxes but what that's not going to look like a healthy um embodiment of of if if you're constantly living in fear um, mm. I think fear casts out love, yeah, <laughs> and so if that becomes the focus, there's going to be a response, so when you start to see maybe that this community is Seems sick or toxic or something. Um, you can kind of look at okay, well, what is it that they're caring about and why, and then where where does that stem from? Where's the source of that? Is it the current church administration and the pastor because you know what I mean, or is it yeah. their actual like um, some of the you know beliefs that they hold on to, say like for the Lutherans and the confessions and some of these other things? You know, is it just in there again? their view of God in general, like, what does that God look like? Not everybody would say the same things and think the exact same way about who and what God is. Mm-hmm. Um, so this particular community, like how does that all trickle down? You know, you look at, um, say we've mentioned Guanyin quite a bit. Guanyin doesn't have like,
0: Asiatic goddess of mercy.
1: Right. She doesn't want to be worshiped. Um, you know, she, basically like you're not going to find like a, a church body that is coming together
0: to make sure they've appeased her.
1: Yes. Like it's just not <laughs> yeah, part I you. of it. Yeah, so yeah. then you can kind of see, well, okay, so what, what is, what is Guanyin all about? And what does that look like for somebody that says, Oh yeah, I, I agree with, you know, this, this model or the, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, yes. what this God is all, or goddess is all about.
0: This is another way of saying if you're not interested in in the reality of any supernatural existences, um, think of it just as simply as the difference between the Aeneid and the Odyssey. The Aeneid is saying that the state comes before family. Aeneas needs to leave this Queen Dido, Queen of Carthage, and she jumps on a funeral pyre because family's not as important as the state, whereas Odysseus is trying to do everything he can to get back to his wife and kid. And not to say that either of those are necessarily the template for all uh, of the best virtues, but our myths instill virtues. They reflect our virtues, the virtues Mm -hmm. that we think are virtues at Mm -hmm. least. And so, yeah, I mean, I think this is the hard, this is the hard thing when somebody says, you know what, maybe my parents didn't really love me. That kind of question. Maybe the God of love as we conceived God in fundamentalist evangelicalism, for instance, is not a God that is loving. Right. You can call it love. But if the fruit of it is not love,
1: then, then it's, it's not, not love. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And then everybody who's not acting loving, we say, well, wait a minute. Isn't this a religion of love? Is it?
1: And I think that's where you have to say that the words can be empty. Yeah. Um, what is what is the fruit? You know, what, does this taste bitter? Does this taste sweet? Yeah. (laughs) Is it actually filling? Is it empty calories? Yeah. You know, like, you know, is is there nourishment?
0: Because really, in a very deeply spiritual and beautiful and intimate way, nothing, I I, I think in meditation, I've learned that nothing tastes bad. The universe just speaks to me through my mouth. Mm. So when, when the, the cute little microbes are devouring the food that we didn't finish and then I taste that and I say, this tastes bad. Mm. I give it this negative thing. No, it, it's just in the process of decomposing and it's not something that's healthy for me. Mm-hmm. When I smell something that smells bad as opposed to a flower or fruit that I should be able to eat, and this can sometimes go wrong. People, you know, will get trapped by things. But, but by and large... Fruit tastes good because it wants you to eat it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and share the seeds with the world. And it's where you get your nutrients, you know, your your taste, bud. at least in the hunter-gatherer society when you're looking for survival foods, sweetness, salty things, and savory things, they're all good for us. And the bitter things usually are going to be, if they're medicine, fine, they're not going to be things you're eating for lunch all the time. So the same thing should be true. At least as a as a gauge for us in our relationships in our life, taste and see, and this is why. Like I, I would never call myself an atheist. I say, if God shows up at any moment, I'll say amen to the beautiful things that God might say and do. Yeah. <laughs> right. But this mindset that we have that God is the sort of being that is going to bust you for getting it wrong or doing it like. Oopsie daisy te- on technicality, you didn't get baptized down the chute. You know, if that's the world you're living in, it's it's not that hard to subjugate indigenous people in the Americas. In yeah. fact, to me, I just I can't see. We don't talk about it a, li- a lot, but the fact that the European colonizers went in and were so dreadful—they're just so—they're dre- evil. If we put them in a space context, we would say they're evil. Mm -hmm. the conquistadors Mm -hmm. people just don't know the story of columbus fully if you know the full story of columbus he's a terrible terrible person he's a terrible person at the time he was a terrible person he there were people that were uncomfortable with how terrible he was with respect to being able to to just have a very cheap view of life for the sake of money Hmm. how does he get there if you think that most human beings around the world, God's going to send them into a fiery furnace for all eternity, then they have a smoke break and do it again. (laughs) Then it's okay to enslave them. It just, I I can see how that would make more sense. You're living in a dystopia. The God that some people believe in is a dystopian. God is a, is a monster that we should fear. And people don't want to say it because they believe that that God can see them when they're sleeping and knows when they're awake. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so it, it, it says more to me that people are afraid to not f- not follow the party line within religious traditions because of the fear of hell. Yeah. Like theological. I never asked that. That is never a question when I'm talking to Buddhists and Taoists. They're like, this is going to work or this isn't going to work. Right. That's the question but it's not like this question of whether you're going to go to hell. That doesn't mean you should go be a Buddhist or a Taoist, though they're uh, at at least at a secular level, a lot more uh, helpful uh, for just kind of day-to-day existence if you're trying to get your balance in in a crazy world than the religion that we had come from. But the religion that we came from, going back to this question, what you think that looks like and you and you call that love? That'll do a number on your head. Right. A father sending his creation to hell for all eternity for having the wrong religion? <laughs> we would not talk to that person. Right. We wouldn't talk to that person at a cocktail party. Right. We 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 would not think that's a good dad. No. And so like that's fine. Like God can repent if he wants, you know. But <laughs> but like I don't have to put up with it just because he's the top dog. That kind of thinking jacks with your head. It allows for abusiveness it allows us to continue in a very sad existence cuz we think it's the only option we got.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of us like like guess like a little bit of a smaller thing and I I just wanted to mention that uh, a real example like say in our lives uh, yes. when our dog Bendy yes. when she has gotten like kind of particularly frustrating barking at everything that she sees from yes. inside. We know that she It needs, she needs a walk. She needs to get outside. She needs to run out some of this energy that she has in her.
0: Yeah, because she does start barking at just existence when she goes outside sometimes. Yeah. Nothing to bark at.
1: Right. And so, barking at this guy. She has this excess energy that she needs to do something with. And so, when she's, you know, acting in ways that are frustrating to us, she's not trying to be bad, you know, she's not trying, you know, to, if she just doesn't know what to do with this stuff so when we start to in that sense if i start to look okay so why is bendy acting this way well she needs she needs a run she needs you know she needs some sort of other stimulation um that's a like a really small example i know you can't like you know it'd be hard to kind of figure out for all these different things of like why different people are acting out in certain ways but i will say that if you can kind of look at some of what where their their fears are, or where their values, or where their beliefs, you can kind of see how that you know turns into sometimes this physical manifestation of how they're acting, and it allows you to possibly have compassion on them, you know, because they're suffering when they're acting out in certain ways, um, and then you can have compassion on them, um, and then perhaps if you know if it if it's possible perhaps you can steer them in a different direction you know um have conversations about some of the stuff and see if you know what i mean like what um sometimes what things could be thought of in a different way or or maybe and maybe also maybe there's i mean you can't really go and change people they have to like kind of i think for themselves they have to just sort of recognize something that they want um and go after so i would also say the best thing you could possibly do is model the behavior that you want for yourself and if it has the fruit people will cling to you people will want to come and be near you if it if it does look um like it's true beautiful and good yeah and when you're in that spirit that's where you find that deep peace upon peace And rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this show of any help, uh, why not share it with a friend? Until next time, peace upon peace, friends.
0: But he said that wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. Not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Why? Why? That's because you found this letter no too much.